Well, welcome to another episode of Unwired. I know, it's been a while. That's my fault. I got busy and I wasn't focused as well as I could have been. And so I wasn't on the ball as much and I didn't get my episodes out on time. This is week three and I'm still late. So once again, I apologize. I know the the key to having a good podcast is to be consistent and I'm working at it. In fact, uh, once I get back on schedule, it'll be obvious. But today I want to do something a little bit special. Um, Though my topic is not going to be on microphones specifically, today I'm trying out a couple of different microphones and I'm not doing a multi-track recording. I am just doing a straight two-track recording, but I'm going to flip-flop between three microphones. I have with me my Tascam, uh, let's see what model number this is, Um, there it is, my Tascam TM-PCI-1. I'm also using the MXL990. And the Rode, um, let's see, this is the NT3. Okay, so the Rode NT3, the MXL 990, and the Tascam TMPC1. If you hear any background noise, that's just me flipping around um, with the... Uh, trying to reach through and, and mess with the Rodecaster Pro so that I can mute and unmute the different microphones. So I'm just going to filter through them at a time, and you tell me which one sounds better. This is the Tascam TMPC1. This is the MXL 990. And this is the Rode NT3. I think the Rode has the most distinct sound. I'm not sure it's the best, but it's just the more most distinct. Now on the Rodecaster, along with the preamp, it also comes with a lot of um, uh, processing that can be done. So I went ahead and turned off processing completely so that, and I set each mic to the same level. And we'll see just how that sounds, especially once it gets compressed and put up on the, the web so that we'll be able to hear a difference. But I'm going to just flip through them each at a time. I'm back to the Tascam. And we will just let me know which one is best, which one, which vocal note you thought was best to your ear palate. Uh, for you wine connoisseurs, uh, you know, that language <laughs> means something. It has flavors of oak and acorn and... It has a hint of blackberry on the back of your tongue and tickles your throat in a white way. Anyway, so we just just let me know which microphone you think was best. The Tascam, the um, MXL, and the Rode NT3. Okay. Now, I do notice a difference with the air conditioning that's getting picked up. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it by the time it's done. I'm not going to process the WAV file at all. I'm not going to change anything. Not um, As long as it's at a good volume level, I'm not going to do any post-processing. But I do notice that I hear AC noise more in the Tascam. A little bit in the MXL. This has this. The MXL also sounds a bit... 
livelier. The, the the high pass filter seems to be engaged uh, from this microphone, where you're getting less of the low notes, but a lot more of the body. And then the NT3 sounds really processed, sounds really low without much uh, high tone. It's this, this sounds like it would be good for um, a guitar mic or a, or a drum kit. I wonder how it would sound as an overhead mic for a drum kit. And you get the least amount of background noise, air, AC noise out of the road because it, it's, which is odd because AC noise is usually around 60 hertz. And so with, it seemed to have more of a low pass filter, low pass filter in the um, NT3. And yet I think I get less of the AC noise in it. So this is just, we're just going to go back and forth between them and see if you can figure out which one I'm using. By now you should be able to hear the different tones. And then we will really just get into our subject. So I know previously I spoke about switching out uh, camera systems and talking about the highs and lows of the Blackmagic Pocket 4K. And I'm making an announcement for the first time to my live audience. You should be alive while you're hearing this. I will be selling my Blackmagic Pocket 4K camera. Uh, wrong sound. Um, I'll be selling it because I realize that as good as it is, it's not what I need to do the work that I do. Um, it is a great camera, great images, but you got to work for that image. And I'm not saying I want auto. I, I work with a lot of um, cameras where you don't have a lot of auto settings. you got to set your own focus. You've got to... Um, set your exposure. That's not what I'm referring to. And most often on my good cameras, my good video cameras, I'm usually in manual mode anyway. But when I want to do run and gun, I want the ability to just flip to auto or flip, to, you know, auto focus, uh, flip to something with image stabilization. Uh, I want the option to flip it into a auto mode and then work on getting the good shots that I want, and then I'll deal with post-production when that time comes. Or I might want something for a quick turnaround. There is no quick turnaround if you do the Pocket 4K, if you use it at its best possible um, setting. So I know what you're saying. So if you use any camera at its best possible setting, it's not a quick turnaround. Yes, but with the Pocket 4K, you really don't have an option to not have the best possible setting. Yes, there is a video mode, uh, but it's you lose so much that you still don't get a great image without putting in the work. You have to put in the work to get a really good image. And sometimes you don't need that. I, I remember doing photography one time and I was always in manual mode and I could not get the exposure right on a particular shot. The light was coming from a couple of different places and I couldn't control it. I was in an environment where I didn't have my own set of lights. I just needed to get a picture taken. Couldn't get it, couldn't get it. Um, the person who I was taking the picture of, she's a photographer. So she came over and said, oh, just put it into automatic mode. And bam, I got the picture. That was more important 
than trying to force my way into taking 10 minutes to do it in manual mode. The purpose was to get the picture. The purpose was not to prove that I'm a genius at photography and I could shoot everything in manual mode. The purpose was to get the picture. So in the realm of the purpose is to get the video, I'm afraid that the Pocket 4K is just not for me. Great camera, just not for me. So I've decided to go ahead and get the GH5, not the GH5S, because I do want uh, certain features that the GH5 has. I'm more of a hybrid style shooter. I shoot a lot of different environments, and I think the GH5. I'll still end up getting a cage for it so that I could add some um, peripherals on the side. But... And it, it, it does pain me. It's not an easy decision to give up on the Pocket 4K. But I realize that a lot of times when I'm in a pinch, I'm not going to bring it with me. It's just there's too much support equipment that you need in it to en enable you to get the shots that you want. I know there are guys out there who love it. I'm, I'm happy for you. No issue. We don't have any beef. But it's just not for me. So... If you look out on eBay within the next day or so, you'll see that Space Age Consulting has a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K with cage and a couple of other devices. It'll be up there for sale. And um, I, what I hope to do is, as I said, just get the GH5. I already have the Metabones. I'm not selling the, the, the Speed Booster. That's staying with me. And then I'll grow from there. I already have most of the lenses I need. Though I did pick up one yesterday. There was a, a good sale. Um, for under $200, I got a Canon 10 to 18. Now it is 4 to 5.6. That's uh, that's not great. It's more for outdoor, but the, the 10 millimeter and for such a good price, if if I end up not using it very often, I can sell it and not lose any money. So it's the uh, 10 to 18, 4 to 4, f4 to f5.6. And I'm going to use that more for outdoor. I don't know how well it will do indoor with uh, some of the light environments I deal with. Uh, sometimes you just don't, you can't bring the lights. So you have to deal with what's there ambiently. But outdoors, if we shoot any outdoor things, uh, that'll be great. Especially if I'm able to move up to a high quality, high bit rate 4K and be able to zoom in on certain aspects or pan and tilt and do whatever within uh, the image. Um, after all, that is one of the benefits of 4K. Now we know that there's now a big move to 6K. Um, but if you go back over my history, I've spoken about this before. When you move up to these higher resolutions, you have to take into account your infrastructure. You have to think about... You have to think about if your infrastructure can support it. I've invested a lot in storage. I've invested a lot in um, computing power. But that was to accommodate 4K. What's 6K going to do? Uh, how is my infrastructure going to be able to support that? And since I'm not delivering in 6K, I'm not even delivering in 4K at this point, is it really necessary? 
sure, you get more information, more detail to work with, um, but at what cost? So I won't be jumping on the 6K bandwagon anytime soon, not until there's a real need for it. And by need, I mean clients who can afford to pay for it. <laughs> um, I'm not a YouTube specialist, even though I do have some videos out there. Check me out, Space Age Consulting. I do have some videos out there, but I'm not a YouTube specialist, so I don't have to show off my chops on YouTube. Uh, the clients I have aren't looking for 4K. They're looking for 1080p, and 4K is more than enough for me to get the pictures I need uh, at this time. And with the improvements, with uh, being able to have 4K with high bit rates and um much more data involved. There really is no need just now for me to go to 6K. Now, there's a lot of great cameras that are coming out, but then you think about the price. The uh, Blackmagic Pocket 6K, I'd be facing the same issues I had with the 4K, so I'm not sure that even makes sense to pay the extra, what is it, $1,200? It's almost double the price of the 4K. And if I'm selling the 4K, why would I buy the 6K? Then Panasonic has released the S1H, which looks really good at 6K with a tremendous amount of options. I was just looking at a video on YouTube by um, DSLR Shooter, and he went through, he said there's 26 different video recording options available with the... Um, 6k with the panasonic s1h and if with 26 different options obviously you're not going to use them all but that that gives you a lot of flexibility and with that flexibility comes at a price that's five thousand four thousand dollars excuse me that's pretty hefty you need some good clients to pay that off now Canon has released a couple of different things. Um, you still have the C200, which I really like, but that's not that cheap. It's over 5000 They just released the C500 Mark II, which I am quite sure is going to be out of my price range with a whole host of 6K options. Um, who else is there? There's, of course, Sony with the... Uh, there was some rumors about an A7S III, and... Not all the specs are in yet. And that's supposed to be, I guess that's going to be around the three, $4,000 range. That's real money, people. Um, you know, that's two months of mortgage, uh, $4,000. Actually, it might be even closer to three months of mortgage. Eh, okay, that's pushing it. So you're talking about two and a half months of mortgage. That's no joke. Um, that's real money. And unless you can make it back, uh, we we think more on the frugal end of things. What can we get that we can use and afford? Um, so there's no real need to push something that high. On a, a good note, because of these new cameras, it does push down the price of the older stuff. We shouldn't feel bad about being a generation behind. Uh, the people who are always on the bleeding edge are always bleeding. Either bleeding money, or you're bleeding workflow, or you're bleeding clients. 
So consider that when you want to get the latest thing out there. Um, I have a rule when it comes to buying cars. Don't buy a car in this first model year because you become the beta tester. You find all the, the problems with the vehicle and you're always in recall or it's in the shop and then you're not even driving what you're still paying for. The same thing works with audio and video gear. That, um, that expensive stuff, even when you buy it from a well-known company, the brand new equipment, and we figured that out with the Pocket 4K. I got mine, it was announced in April, no, right around February. It's announced in February. I got mine in November. The tremendous host of problems that we had or people who had to send their cameras back, it was, it was a long list of issues that you had. You become a beta tester for the company. And... Do you want to do that? Do you want to try to, you know, you have to shoot to go on, but now you got to send your camera in for repair. That happened to me once before. Now I benefited from it, but it still holds you up, you know. So these are things to think about when you are considering bleeding edge technology. And on that note, since this podcast seems to be all over the place today, on that note, I wanted to talk about um, some camera support that's necessary. When it came to the Blackmagic um, 4K, for you to get the best image, I mentioned that you really need an external um, drive or a CFast card. And, and because the external drives are so much cheaper, it really didn't make sense to get the CFast card. I mean, you're talking about, um, I paid $150 for 500 gig. No, I'm sorry. I paid $97 for 500 gig. The 150 something was if I got a whole terabyte. And with a 256 CFast card, you're spending over $200. So it didn't make sense, though it would have been a better, it kept it a better form factor. It wouldn't have made sense. So that meant adapters and you needed a card holder and then a cable holder. And that did add but I was still under the cost of a CFast card and you needed that speed because an SD card wouldn't allow you to record the fastest bit rate in in Blackmagic RAW. One of the benefits of the Panasonic uh, the GH5 is that you can record high bit rates to SD cards. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they're able to get the right speed just right and they seem to work with a wide array of SD cards. Um, now, I love the benefit of the the um, CFast, excuse me, of the USB-C hard drive that I use because I can just, um, you can edit right off of that drive. It's so fast. You can't edit off an SD card. Um, but I do have a slew of SD cards uh, from 32 gigabytes to... Uh, was it 256 is the highest I have? Yes. And I do have to check the speeds and make sure they work, but we'll see. And SD cards are, are still inexpensive. Now, I want to encourage you to reach out to me and let me know which microphone you think sounds better. It might be a bit disconcerting to hear a podcast where the microphones keep changing back and forth, but you let me know. Let me know which microphone sounds better. As a recap, right now I am on the Rode NT3. You can tell because there's not a lot of highs in this microphone. And it's Axis 
is pretty good. It's pretty good. No, well, you have to be right on this microphone. If you just tilt off to the side a bit, you definitely lose volume. Um, so that's the Rode NT3. This is the MXL 990. It, uh, it's a little bit more muddy, in my opinion, from what I'm hearing over my headphones. And I'm not using the greatest headphones now. But it sounds a little bit uh, less bright. Um, though I wouldn't say it's not clear. And then this is the Tascam, which I think has the widest audio... Uh, spectrum it, it seems to capture much more than the other two microphones but that also means it picks up the room noise and I think the axis on this is a lot wider oh I actually had the MXL open at the same time so um, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do all three microphones open at the same time let's okay just as a test let's see what that sounds like mm. um, you're getting the the high end and the low end uh, at the same time. So let me know what you think. I'm not going to be walking around with three microphones for me to use at once. Off with the Rode. Off with the MXL. And this is just the Tascam. So once again, Tascam TMPC1. The MXL 990. I mean, the MXL 990. And the Rode NT3, this one is obvious. So let me know what you think. Don't forget you can write us at truewisdom at uh, spaceage-llc.com. <laughs> Wait, that's my other podcast. I'm getting all confused. This is unwired at spaceage-llc.com. Uh, you could also check out our page, Unwired the Podcast. Don't forget to send us. We're on Twitter, Unwired the Podcast, Instagram, but we don't do much on Instagram. We're going to start doing more on Instagram. Reach out to me when you can. Thanks and goodbye.